Hello, and thank you for turning in to the Keystone Schools podcast, Keystone Unplugged. This podcast will have multiple Keystone staff members hosting each episode and provide you, our Keystone student and families, with valuable information on resources to help you with your educational journey. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. This week's topic on Keystone Unplugged is learning in the digital age, hosted by me, Bridget Blosser, Student Success Advisor, and our elementary teacher, Jill Newkirk, who teaches first and second grade. Over the next 20 minutes, we are going to highlight the way that our lives have changed as technology, the internet, and instant gratification, and how it has changed how we interact with the world and learn in the world around us. You know, it's really amazing to me how technology has evolved since I began teaching 19 years ago. I never took a college course about virtual teaching or helping students navigate various online learning platforms. It was never even considered in early 2000. <laughs> sure, there were a few desktop computers in the classrooms and uh, schools had technology labs, but it was not the main source for information. Students relied on the teacher for information and technology was used as a secondary resource. <laughs> how the roles have changed. Bridget, what about you? What was your experience with technology in the classroom? I know there's quite an age gap between us. I'm one of those weird millennial Gen Z cusp kids. So growing up, I watched education shift right in front of me in the classrooms I was in each day. Uh, I remember searching through a physical library catalog for papers I was writing in middle school uh, and having my teachers use the original smart board, the projector and some dry erase markers. Uh, but then through high school and college, I watched everything turn digital. Laptop carts in rooms instead of huge computer rooms, which now still dates me. I know many kids today who are using iPads for all of their schoolwork. The breakneck speed in which this technological boom seemed to change our society was awe-inducing. <laughs> and personally, I'm very thankful I was able to grow up with it because whew, trying to learn everything now <laughs> seems like an almost impossible task. Exactly. Uh, so shout out to our parents who uh, <laughs> work here at Keystone and have kids here and that are, you know, learning all of these new things that they never thought would happen because, exactly, man. It's tough. It really is. Absolutely. Uh, and it's so nice to be able to, to see that change in real time. Uh, and with that, and with all of those changes, uh, so much of it has made our lives easier. And it's also important to reflect on how it's made the world of education adjust to this new culture with such an immediate response, knowing that if I have a question, I can Google it and immediately have an answer. Mm -hmm. uh, with education, however, it's important to remember that any information that you get that way, you have to cite it within your work. In addition, directly copying or using translation tools in language courses uh, or copying answers from another student, just like you would do in a, a brick and mortar school, uh, mm -hmm. 
all fall into things that can cause a violation of uh, Keystone's academic integrity policy. Uh, I know personally that I've always had to submit essays through some sort of plagiarism checking website. Um, I remember in high school and college submitting uh, all kinds of papers and checking to make sure that I didn't directly copy paste. Um, mm -hmm. And so making sure that the work is wholly yours or yours and you've appropriately cited everything is important, especially because technology makes all of this so easy now. But making sure that the rules of academia are followed is super important. Uh, in addition, this world of technology has opened the doors to different types of education. We know that many students may not fall into that standard education provided by a brick and mortar school. And now with the online resources and professionals that can be reached so quickly, students can be assessed and find the optimal learning style for them instead of you know, slogging through 12 years of a, a traditional school system that isn't going mm -hmm. to benefit them. Exactly. And you know that there are so many online resources to help identify a student's learning style, which I think is so important, especially in this virtual environment. With about um, 20 questions, you can discover how to help your student thrive in their personal learning environment. And you can do that online. One of my favorite things about teaching elementary age students is discovering their learning styles because we all learn so different. And what works for me may not work for my students. So it takes some time and patience and really some understanding to identify and adapt to a student's needs. Like for example, let's say a student is a tactile learner. The learning coach may need to adapt the online curriculum with hands-on resources. Or if a student is a kinesthetic learner, like a lot of the little ones are, mm -hmm. they may benefit from moving around and incorporating movement into their learning. And that's the beauty of a virtual environment is you can do that whenever you need to. And I kind of feel like there's a misconception sometimes about virtual learners not having the opportunity to explore the different learning styles. I think it's just the opposite. Virtual learners can adapt online curriculum just as easy as brick and, a brick and mortar student. And so, as I mentioned before, it may take some time to adapt your, um, to your student's learning environment to best accommodate their learning style. And it may not be an instant fix, but it's also not impossible to discover. We get so caught up in wanting everything right now that um, with the learning styles, you know, you just kind of have to work through it and figure it out. And then your student will be successful once they set up that environment that works best for them. Absolutely. Um, I know when I talk with families who have students that are struggling, you know, taking that step mm -hmm. back with them and evaluating is super important because, right. you know, if a kid is just sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, you know, they're, they are going to struggle. So being able to say, you know, well, what works best for them uh, right. and being able to make those adjustments is important. And sometimes yeah. it's something so easily overlooked. Um, I know uh, Mrs. Kresh, our head of student engagement, loves to talk about the Pomodoro technique, mm -hmm. um, which is you work for 20 minutes and then you take a five minute break. Um, and it's something that a lot of kids today don't even think about in terms of building their education that way. Right. Um, and it's something that's so different from a brick and mortar setting. You know, in high school, you sit there for 40 minutes at a time and you can't get up, you can't do anything else. So being able exactly. to, to take those breaks and readjust based on your needs uh, right. is super important. It is. And, you know, some of those students, I mean, even elementary age students, and I think more so high school, some students, that is their learning style. They're auditory. They can sit there for 40 minutes and listen and absorb and learn 
where others, which I'm not the auditory person, <laughs> the <laughs> kinesthetic learner, um, need to get up and move. So it's just, you know, especially as learning coaches, we have our own learning style, but we have to understand what our students' learning style is. And it does, it takes a little bit of time. Absolutely. Uh, now going back and touching on something I briefly brought up a little bit ago is that much of today's technology has created this instant feedback loop uh, and a need for instant gratification. <clears throat> if you have a question, there's so many places online you can search and find the answer to immediately. Uh, for me, a great example of this recently is I was doing some reports uh, for some of the stuff I do here at Keystone, uh, and the report I was using uh, didn't have all of the data I needed. It only had it like every fifth or sixth line. Uh, so myself and uh, Miss Natalie Bond, who is another student success advisor, we Googled around for about a half hour. <laughs> And we found a video of someone explaining how to do exactly what I needed. Uh, and it was such an aha moment and it's so easy. Um, I remember when I was younger, uh, my mom would have, you know, uh, two to three inch thick books uh, explaining how to do Excel things. And so you'd have mm -hmm. to search through the indexes and you could spend hours trying to find this. And instead we just popped it into Google search, how to do this. Right. And there's the video, which is so crazy to me that things have become so quick and so easy. Mm -hmm. um, that is true. Uh, we used encyclopedias. That's going to date me there. We didn't have the <laughs> internet. We had to go and find the alphabetical order, you know, figure out your topic. And like you said, they did the index and the glossary. And it was just, it's very, very different now. Everything is at our fingertips. Absolutely. Uh, and in that same way, uh, you can take a test today online that was formerly on a piece of paper or was a scantron that you would fill in uh, mm -hmm. and you would have to wait for it to be graded. Uh, and sometimes the teachers were super good uh, and, you know, they didn't have any other tests or things that were coming back that week. So they were able to get it back to you immediately. Or if it was a, a longer test, like a midterm or a final, you knew you were going to be waiting for, mm -hmm. you know, two weeks to get your answer there. Uh, and today, instead, you can go online and take your quiz or your test and uh, get those multiple choice answers and that feedback instantly. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, along with that, there are also times when patience is needed. So much of humanity is still human and things that need the personal touch. So when you're writing those essays um, or if you have questions about your work where you're looking for direct feedback, um, it does still take time to get those answers back. And that's okay. In this world where there are so many things that are so quickly and easily at our fingertips, taking the time to breathe and step away is important for both your own health and for those around you. Asking for help isn't a weakness or a problem. And this world we find ourselves in has that support in the things we've discussed earlier, but also in the people around us. Um, and that's super true at Keystone mm -hmm. too. Uh, I know Mrs. Newkirk is amazing at reaching back out to families, you know, if they need that support, if they have those questions, uh, our families are going to get answers, whether it's through a, a support teacher in the elementary program or through the teacher link in middle mm -hmm. or high school. Um, and making sure to take that time for yourself. If you have those questions, email, uh, email your teacher, email the teacher link, uh, and then go for a walk 
or stretch uh, or making sure to finish your lesson and then going for a run or to stretch is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Bridget, that's, this statement could not be truer. In a virtual learning environment, we must step away and take a break sometimes. It's so easy to sit in front of a screen and not realize how much time has passed. Mm -hmm. I love that 2020 concept. You work for 20 minutes and take a 20 second break away from the screen. Just look off somewhere else because eye strain and fatigue can set in. And if we do not learn to take regular breaks and incorporate movement into the learning environment, we're gonna have headaches. We're gonna, you know, just get frustrated and not realize it. But sitting in front of that screen for a long period of time, you know, it can take a toll on us. So we do need to ask for help. You know, like you said, there is strength in numbers. We all need clarification and support. Even as a Keystone teacher, we have, we depend on each other, our elementary mm -hmm. team. We are constantly um, reaching out to each other for help from one thing or another. And that's what makes us so strong is that we can, it, we're comfortable asking for help and we want learning coaches to be comfortable asking us for help as well. So it is totally okay to ask. Um, our Keystone Facebook page is a great place for learning coaches to share best practices and to lean on each other. We're all in this together. So, you know, it's not a weakness to ask for help. Absolutely. Um, I know hitting on it for middle and high school as well, we have some math labs and writing labs for our students. So if there are places that you're struggling, you know, make sure to swing into those. Our foreign language courses have recently started up conversational hours as well, which is super cool. So, you know, if you are looking for support in those areas, and even if it's not from a teacher, I know a lot of our students are not as comfortable reaching out directly to us or calling in you know, mm -hmm. coming to these events where you have the ability to, you know, socialize with other students and maybe ask your questions to them. So it's not as overwhelming or daunting is super important um, because exactly. so much of so much of our education here uh, and especially in the online can seem isolating and making sure that you have not only a strong support system at home, uh, whether it's an elementary with a learning coach who's there with you every day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or in middle or high school, having a support person who is going to check in with you and hold you to your goals is super important. It is. But along with that, you have us here at Keystone as well. Um, and whether that's through a club or the various events I've mentioned, making sure that you, you take that time for yourself and to build that structure is very important mm -hmm. because you, you do need it in your education. Definitely. We definitely do. And, and those social hours that we host too, it is a, it's, it's structured in a way, but it's also the opportunity for students just to reach out to each other and for learning coaches to be right there as well. Just to know that, you know, doing school online in front of a computer, you're not alone, even though you may be alone in your learning environment, there's a whole support group out there. So we are all together. Absolutely. Uh, and to close things up for today, I'd like to end with a quote from Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple, who said, it's not faith in technology, it's faith in people, which is something I feel rings so true in not only the state of education today, but in the world around us. Mm -hmm. Being kind, being empathetic is so important. Uh, the world around us is moving so fast. But being able to reach out to the people around us and being able to connect and help them in the ways that they also help us is what matters. Yes, it really does. That's so true, Bridget. 
Uh, so thank you so much, Jill, for joining us this week on Keystone Unplugged, uh, the Keystone Schools podcast series. Well, thank you for the opportunity to join this podcast. This was fun. Absolutely. Uh, I love hearing your perspectives. Uh, I work a lot with the elementary team uh, and it's so lovely getting to chat with you guys, especially about topics like this, where it may not be something that we get to regularly discuss, but right. getting the chance to do so is so great. It is. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we want to thank all of you so much for joining us this week and make sure to like, rate, and subscribe as well as review this podcast for, from wherever you've decided to join us from today. And tune in next time to continue your Live Well Learning journey with us, the Keystone School.